Hey Legionnaires, General Kara Organa here. If you've got any young Padawans listening, now might be a really good time to send them off to the Jedi Training Academy because listener discretion is advised. Hello there. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, an unlikely band of nerds united over their common love for the Star Wars Legion miniatures game. We Are Legion is a podcast dedicated to coverage of all aspects of the hobby, from competitive play and list building, to painting, modelling and terrain building. And now, here are your hosts. And welcome, Legionnaires, to another episode of We Are Legion, a Star Wars podcast with a down-under flavour. I'm your new host, Support Officer Cooper, and with me today in the studio is... Engineering Captain Courtney. Hey, look, got somebody new in. Um, All right, new podcast, well, same podcast, new variety. Uh, What's going to happen to us now? So going forward, one of the things we're looking at here is... The chairs that were occupied by Senior Exhaust Port Designer Fang and Intel Officer Luke, we're going to keep them open, but at the same time, not in the same format. So instead of having just three regular hosts that will always be sitting down and chatting and then bringing in somebody, I'm looking at bringing in one or two people, maybe a core group here and there that will just rotate through just to keep the ideas fresh and keep everything flowing. And to add to that, we're also launching two other media platform services that we're going to provide through We Are Legion, uh, one of which will be called We Are Legion Off-Duty, which engineering captain Courtney and I had come up with because we both play other many games, games. Yeah, yeah, other, other games. games. Uh, we've both delved heavily into Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm delving back into a 40K a little bit, thanks to my son, um, we both play Armada, maybe some Twilight Imperium. I'm waiting for General Kara Organa to yell at me because I just spent $190. What? <laughs> $190? And so one of the things that we'd like to do is not just discuss Legion with you all, but to, to bring you a perspective on, say, those games when we do do it. So from time to time, what you'll see is myself or... Engineering Captain Courtney and a couple of the guys probably doing a off-duty episode. We'll always name it off-duty so you know what it is, but it's most likely going to be us talking about the other games that we play. The other thing that we're trying to do, and we will bring to you now that I've got some recording gear up, is what we've very recently, as recently as this morning, dubbed We Are Legion Soldiers of Fortune. Now, one of the big things I've noticed is Australia isn't really producing many videos at the moment. The video content's kind of low. I'm here to change that. Um, One of the things I've always thought was if you're going in and you're doing media for everyone, we might as well do media for everyone. And so I've cleaned out the hobby room, more commonly known as the office. I've got all my armies on display for Legion, and I will be making sure that they're painted to a slightly higher than tabletop standard, which means going back and stripping all of my rebels. Have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Just be thankful I haven't. don't have to do it to my B1s. Um, and then I will be repainting and then playing games with people in the community. And it might not be myself. It might be somebody else. I might just sit behind the camera. But it'll be Soldiers of Fortune will be a 
community endeavor to showcase some of the best stuff that we all do. So I have already lined up a video and when it does drop, you will see it, but it is with the lovely Joe Baker on his Jetta table. And to add to that, I've also been in discussion with Bryce who did the logo for We Are Legion. He has an amazing Mimban mud table. So I will be gearing up to get at least two games in. I will always make it flavorful for you guys, so you will probably hear the fucking colors come through, but that's just the way that we're going to roll with that. First time on the show, Courtney. Yep. What have you been up to in the hobby? Uh, so, recently got my uh, Inferno squad, and I have started painting them in the same way I did uh, my Iden, which is with black contrast for all the fatigues, and then I'm going to do black uh, with a black gloss wash. For all the sort of armor parts, uh, including boots and helmets, etc. Nice, so, nice. I'm yet to pull out my Inferno squad or my um, Clan Ren. Did get through my arcs and my uh, and my BXs. It's, yeah, that's a. Uh, it was about two weeks worth of pain trying to get everything built in time, and then another two weeks of pain trying to start everything. Painting is coming up. Yeah, I I pulled out my. Uh, Arcs this morning and did a leg swap for fives. So he's going to be the only one in the first arc squad, anyway, to have a jump pack. And, uh, yeah, that was a bit painful, switching the five legs onto the sniper. Actually required me to cut the pin off and then twist the legs. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up looking, but it's looking good so far. Hmm. be good to see it when it's done. I do love the way the arcs are. My only gripe was that they've moved to this soft plastic for the posability, but at the same time, we're only really getting variations on the mono pose. So um, Echo yeah. has the, the arm swap. Uh, there's the head swaps, which are good, because that they give you, yeah, what was heads. it, uh, 21 heads in the box. Yeah, there's, something like that. If not 21, there's something close to 21. There was enough to do. No, it was about 18, actually. There's ne yeah, nearly 18 two heads. heads per model almost. There was two heads per model plus... Five's an Echo. Five's Echo and another Baldy. Yeah. And another helmeted head. Because there was another... There was a phase one and a phase two for the unit oh, the leader visor. with the visor. Yeah. And then there wasn't... Uh, there was another head without the visor. So... Yeah. So that gives you another... What? Yeah. Mm. About 21 heads or something stupid. So for all those people converting their phase ones into phase twos... Buy three arc boxes. You fix that problem. <laughs> yep. Although I found the phase twos are a little bit more uh, poseable than the arcs. A bit more freedom in the arms, a bit more freedom in the uh, in the torsos and, and yep. the like, those pegs. Yeah. And the, the big one that I've noticed with that is it's more the shoulder pads and the the skirts that they wear. Like yeah. that that creates an issue where you've got to move your legs around and leg, like posing is just a bit harder to do. You'll notice that with the, the Phase 2 character, he only really has one pose. Yeah. So, so the sergeant, because of the shoulder pad, can only really have that one arm down. The other arm you could effectively, if it was a multi-pose, you could stick it in any direction. But because of that, I don't know what they call that shoulder pad thing. But because of the way it sits, you just the, the amount of movement you could actually give into that arm spot is, is, really limited. is really limited. I noticed it a lot more with the... Stormtrooper upgrade kit than I did with the arcs. Yeah, really? Yeah. So you can't do a proper arm swap without green stuff with them. 
Uh-huh. Because each of the arms, the shoulder pad is molded to the correct spot on where it should sit on the model. Yeah, it's like half the shoulder pad is on the arm and half the shoulder pad well, is no, on the torso. Half the shoulder pad is missing because the sorry, the, the, pauldron the, the pauldron comes out. out. Yeah. And That's then the, the shoulder pad on the inside. Yeah, no, we found the word. <laughs> it's early Saturday morning, people. We we're out. We are getting there. We are tired, people. This is this is the podcast of dads that play Legion. Today. <laughs> um, so yeah, apart from that, obviously your ISF. Yep. BX droids. Ah, uh, they're still in the box. Still in the they're box. Not. I only got them when I got home on Friday, so. Okay. I haven't had a chance to pull them out, but okay. I can't wait to start them. Because I want to give them all shields except the heavy weapons. That's pretty much my plan with them. Nice, nice. Arc troopers. I have one, almost one box assembled. As I said, I did that swap with um, the sniper uh, legs and fives legs. Yep. So that getting fives legs onto the sniper was actually a bit of a challenge. Ended up having to cut that that pin off. Yep. That usually goes into it to. Get it to fit, but hopefully when that's done, it'll look awesome anyway. Nice, nice. Are you a fan of the flight stands? Don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, Fives is definitely getting one. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, considering the connection point is clear. So probably going to have to be a post-paint. Yeah. it's it's To be able to put it on, see what they look like, which is going to be concerning. To add to that, it's just, yeah, it's one of those... Either people love them or hate them things. Like, I, I don't use any of the flight stands at all. I do have a third box of arcs to put together. So I will probably put at least one of the uh, snipers in there, the DCX-15s. 15X. Oh, DC-15Xs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lucky we've got the card in front of us. Um, I will be putting one of those, the flight stand on one of those, and using the extra echo out of there as the other sniper. Yeah, that's just insane. Just in case people go, oh, it's not tournament legal because... The other two boxes of arcs I've got are jumping off terrain. And although they are almost the correct height, if you look at a flight standard model. Yeah, the short flight stand. The short flight stand. They're not quite that height. So I'm technically disadvantaging myself because while you're on the flight stand, if you are taller than the piece of terrain, you can walk over it, which is what people are abusing. But, I mean, what? Like without giving the jump packs, they don't have jump two, um, and I'm only ever really going to use them as strike teams, so I don't really need to be that much of a jerk on my yeah, tournament league on my tournament legal list. Um, while I'm being a jerk with my tournament legal clone list with you know three arc strike teams yeah. um, and five phase two clones. Is that why there's a shortage in the entire of Australia? You've yeah, yeah, I bought them all out. Yeah, the, <laughs> the joke is they all came from Kazakhstan. We, we, we do this regularly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so apart from that, what else have you been up to? I've actually been painting a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes. There's been a bit of a gap of uh, releases. There has, there has. For for quite a hot minute for Legion, we've had, what, uh, ARCs and BXs dropped, what I feel is two months late. Yeah, something like that. And to add to that, I mean... There's not even a worldwide release on the Staps or ATRTs because the US got them, which is great. <laughs> but for the first time ever, I'm not getting it at the same time as the US release. So, you know, me who's like, two of everything, please, is... is 
You're just going to have to wait. Yeah, I'm just going to have to wait. And General Cara Organa is okay with that. So okay with waiting. Because I um, then it lets my bank account catch up, which is good because Marvel Crisis Protocol does not seem to have these stoppages. <laughs> yes, especially at the moment. Yeah, what was that? Um, the the uh the shop that I buy my stock from um, was like, oh, do you need a Green Goblin? And I hadn't planned on buying him yet, but then he he's like, oh, just you know, do he was like threw it in. He's like, you know, you'll buy it. And I was like, yeah, so I bought it. So it was Green Goblin, Doctor Strange, and Wong, and uh, Spidey, and Spider Gwen. Yeah, in one purchase. Two weeks after I did my Arc Trooper BX Inferno Squad Clan Ren purchase, which was, you know, so we're looking at about 750 bucks this month. So my wallet has taken a hit. Yeah, that's the one advantage I've got. Is I, uh, I don't play Rebels, so <laughs> I play three out of four, four factions for Legion. Yeah, well, I mean... My rebels are currently collecting dust, but not for long. That's the plan is not for long. They're all going to get repainted. And then I'm going to go and spend uh, a couple of hundred bucks at Ikea and stick them in some nice glass cases. But apart from that, what are we thinking is coming out? I've got two, what, four boxes? Yeah, all Civil War era. All Civil War era. Apparently, what was it, three that everyone's been asking for and one that no one's asked for? Yes. And they also hinted that they were going, when they were doing releases in groups, they were going to be themed. So, one thing I'm thinking might be is a Rebels theme. you got Spectres, Hera, Inquisitor, or Grand Inquisitor. And Thrawn. something else. Yeah, maybe Thrawn. That would be a Rebels, Rebels theme. If you went Inquisitors, well, Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, Hera as a commander. Spectre Squad as a... Squad in a similar vein to Inferno, where you can just detach them off to go join any sort of unit. Be really cool. Hmm. Just have Ezra all of a sudden in a like Ezra in a rebel squad. Trooper, <laughs> Ezra in a rebel trooper squad. Yeah. Or Kanan. Mm. And if they can, good. if they can do special forces and um, yeah, uh, special squad with. Oh no, Kanan. you have you have Kanan with Clan Ren. Jedi, mm. Jedi with a mm. <laughs> Jedi with a best cad backup. Mm. No, they wouldn't. Nah, be able, you wouldn't be able to do, that. Be able to do yeah. that. They'd they'd both be heavy weapon slash leader. Yeah, that's the the downside there would be with the yeah. Well, the jeweler's not leader, but you would still that one heavy weapon. Yeah, it's one heavy weapon taken, slot. Would be fighting over it. Um, I don't know. Speculation wise, I think yeah. I don't even know what they're going to put in. Like, I'm, I'm honestly shocked. I'm thinking maybe some kind of armor of some description because they are moving back towards an armor vein. So, you know, we've got... We yeah. now have two lots of ATRTs, STAPs. We've got the X-34, the Airspeeder, the GAV tank, the ATST, the AAT, the Sabre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, effectively, I don't want to put it in that vein, but the Bark... Androidic, or Droidic is going there. Yeah. And the Bark is kind of in that niche, but it's not. Yeah. Um, we might, might end up seeing, um, what are those flyer things from Rebels for the Empire? The, like... The TIE Striker or whatever it is. No, nah, not Striker, the transport one. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, the one yeah. that looks like it's halfway between an LAAT and a... And a TIE Fighter? Or a... Got bent wing. It's got solar panel wings like a Tie Fighter. Yes. Yeah. It's like someone's taken an LAAT back half and gone. Oh, we'll stick this to a Tie Fighter. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I'd like to see that. Um, maybe the U-Wing. Mm. Yeah, need to scale down a little bit, but it'd well, still work. Yeah. Well, it's not like they're not against scaling stuff anyway. No. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Rebels get a transport. Transport? Not a... I get to That's throw... Yeah, well, even... I have no problems with the X-34 being a transport, but it's transport capacity one. Yeah. While the GAV tank has transport capacity X, which is just unit. One squad. Yeah. yeah, one squad. So I could throw my... In theory, if it was the same faction, I could throw my five squad with a... Which is a phase two unit. Like, yeah. I could. Well, we can do it this way. I can throw my... Fleet snowtroopers with Gideon. So I've got a Courage 3 snowtrooper squad with Gideon. Courage 2. Well, Courage 2 with Gideon. You're right. I'm tired. Um, and I don't have that unit card out yet because <laughs> I haven't cracked that box. Um, but yeah, Courage 2 snowtrooper squad. Gideon has who has coordinate. Yes. And it's not coordinate anything special, right? It's just straight coordinate. It's coordinate core. Coordinate core. So I could have him in a tank... Yep. driven up, issuing orders to something behind him because you check from the back of the tank for that range one. And yeah, that tank, inside it. Yeah, and that tank is huge. Yes, that tank base is very large. And then if you rent to do really, really awkward, oh, you put a comms tech in the unit that you're coordinating to with a comms relay, Yep. and Gideon has coordinates that Backwards. unit... And then they relay it back to the tank. And even if you had to, because I think you have to get out to do that trick. I'd have to look it up. I'm yeah, it's been a while. I don't sure. think you can coordinate. I don't think you can issue an order to a unit in a transport. But even if you had to get out, the turn in which you're going, the turn after you get out is the turn that you've set up for. Yeah. So you've got out of the tank last turn, set up your power play, go, I need to give the tank an order. I can use my one pip, go Gideon into unit, unit back into tank, because I want the tank to fire first, and know that I could effectively shoot with Gideon as well, or shoot with Gideon instead if I need to. Yeah. So it gives you that versatility that I don't think was there beforehand. Yeah. While the, Again, going back to that X-34, I can only really stick Luke or Chewie or Han or... Yeah, R2. R2 is a bit... Yeah, just drive R2 up, jumps out, repairs it, That's secret a... mission, jumps back in, goes back to his line. While it's flying around, you'd have to drop him off halfway or something. That's not the... No, I didn't say it was easy. I said it was Doable, <laughs> yeah. Not competitive, but very fun. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. But it is a, it's a really good Luke delivery system, or a really yeah. good Sabine. Chewy or Sabine. Oh, no, Sabine has already got speed three. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good gin delivery system. That yes. Tom. So General Kara Organa and Fulcrum Nick are currently playing Sea of Thieves. So the background noise from these two is just great. No backseat podcasting, you two. <laughs> For once, Fulcrum Nick being both in the studio and away from the studio at the same time. <laughs> impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> Most impressive.
Yes. But yeah, like the, the idea of I want more tanks for yeah. Legion. I, yeah, I, I think Definitely maybe it's the space. old 40k player in me. Because the new 40k <laughs> player in me cries every time I say I want a tank because they're like 150 bucks. Yeah, I just I, I cry, put my 40k back on the shelf, and then <laughs> go back to playing Legion. Legion. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to play with my Space Marines, but I can't afford five of those things, and they're only transports. Oh, man. Anyway. But yeah, like the the Walker for clones. Fuck, had a mental blank. ATRT. No, the six-legged walker. Oh, the ATT. Yeah, the ATT. To transport. Yes. It's not the, as big as an ATST. They proved that in an episode of Rebels. You've got that. They were ATATs. Yeah, well, yeah. But my point is, like, everyone wants an ATAT, right? Like, the ATT yeah. is much more achievable. Yeah, you could get an ATT in Legion. Yeah. Without much difficulty. It would, it's about yeah. double the length of a. It's about double the length of an AAT. Oh, yeah, yeah, the droid tank. About double the length of the AAT, yeah, the droid tank. Cool. You so scale it down a little bit. You scale it down a little bit and you can get that in there and you could probably have it have transport capacity too for like two squads two squads yeah. of troopers or something, you know. I'm just speculating yeah. here. Actually, it, I'm pretty sure they've had ATRTs come out of them as well in the Clone yeah. episodes as well, so it could be... Yep, same as, the, same as the gunship. The LAAT drops an ATRT and two squads of clone troopers in yeah. that last season of, or not even the last season of um, Rebels, uh, Clone Wars, in the, what's that one that everyone loves, that little quick story arc where they're on the night planet? Umbara? Yeah, the Umbara arc. Yeah. The opening scene to that is literally them just dropping a squadron of ATRTs out of the back of LAATs. Yeah. So, like, transport capacity is a thing that can happen. Yeah, definitely, especially around those Clone War. Um, yeah. Era factors. And... As, as shitty as it sounds, rebels are just, you know, scavengers. They're, they're dirty terrorist scavengers that take whatever they can get. I love them. They were my first faction. But, you know, the ATRT, it's just a clone ATRT. Yep, definitely. Without, you know, access to all of the, you know, cool gear that makes it slightly better. Like, you know, yeah, armor it's, it's on the scavenged. pilot yeah. and the rocket launcher. Because, you know, you don't need to buy an ATRT with fucking um, uh, gun. It just yeah, comes with clients. a naked fucking gun attached. Yeah, it's got crit one on it. It's yes. Three dice. And 360 degree range. You can use yeah. it to run around as a fire support platform. Just be like, I'm going to fire support against it yeah, with my Z6 clones. Search to hit as well. So not even your search is going to waste. Yep. <laughs> then you can start using those surges for what they should be used for in clone armies. Defense. What's that? I don't have surge to block, but I've got three surges. Yep. That's the way it works. May as well have surge to block. <laughs> May as well have surge to block. But yeah. Um, I think transport options should come into Legion. I think the yeah, game's been running definitely. long enough now. And there's enough in canon examples across clones. Across four factions. Across yeah, all of them. Across all eras. The only thing is the New Republic era because other people are speculating that the next two two faction starter kit will be first order oh sequel yeah sequel trilogies yeah i, I don't had, know how you can differentiate the resistance from the rebel side oh but there's no units to yeah, differentiate no like ground units. you could you could effectively have first order 
Like I could see them doing first order and bounty hunters. Yeah, they could. And then going, yeah. your rebels are just rebels. Yeah. You can have them as rebels or resistance, but and then you add resistance characters, yeah, to rebels, and you make them mutually exclusive. Like you write, you release a resistance layer, uh, layer or garner. Yes, and then it's you cannot have because you can't have thanks to FFG with the dot system mm. of unique. It has a dot against it. You can't have two of the same thing. Yeah. So I can have Jedi Luke from. The, yeah. From the uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the or Jedi. You can have Master Luke from yeah, the Last Jedi. Yeah, and then your Rebel Army becomes one of the most useful armies because you can run two factions yeah, with one army. Be... You just have to buy the characters. That'd be a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no transport capacity. I think is a good one. Um, I don't know what units they're going to add. Mud Troopers, maybe. Potentially, I'm not sure we're ready for a fourth core. For well, I mean, uh, like for the two of the core aren't really used anyway. So <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> What's that? I have three boxes of shore troopers. Never need to use my storms ever again. Hashtag life. <laughs> yeah, a lot of imperialists have been around that. So hmm. um, just trying to think what else we need. Yeah, you could have you could have mud troopers. You could have yeah, inquisitor units. Inquisitor units, but again, this is all empire. Yeah, we're, all, we're we're talking mostly Empire there and going. Well, I could use some scavenge shit for rebels. Like yeah, if, or or you're looking at character squads. Yeah, um, and I don't as much sure as I like right. all of the characters that we're getting. I don't think the game is going to survive on just pumping in shitloads of characters because that was a big thing with. Uh, let's look at six dead forty k for a second there. Mm-hmm. When you had Sergeant Tellian and you had. Sergeant whatever and Sergeant Ah, and you start adding a, a special named character to every squad. Yeah. And then the game just becomes shit because it's like, well, if you can't afford to buy 10 special characters and 10 squads... Yeah, you can't play. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, people are already complaining now with Fives and Echo. Yes, they're great. They are yes. fan-fucking-tastic. Are they beatable? Yes. They have limitations. Yeah, 100%. Gaping limitations. <laughs> but bang for buck, they do exactly what they need to do. They're probably a little under-costed. Yes, maybe maybe, uh, maybe two points per. Per fives and echo, respectively. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah I, I'd, I'd be that. happy with a two-point bump up and still see them as playable. Yeah, definitely wouldn't make them unplayable. You can't make them cost more than the unit they're going in. Yeah, definitely. You're never going to see them. Because then you'll never see them, but you can't. Yeah, you can't also drop the points too much on them. No, you definitely can't drop the points on them. If anything, you probably can drop the points on uh, Gideon Hask because he's the same points as Fives. Well, I want to take it back a step, and there's there's three named characters that you've entirely forgotten about here. The two out of the Pathfinder box. Yeah, that can only and go the Pathfinders. that can only go Pathfinders only have one wound and cost about the same points. Yeah. And the uh, Death Trooper character. Oh, yeah, that no one ever plays. That no one ever plays. You know, DLT. (laughs) Range Mm. 4. Well, he's range 4 red-white critical. No, he's range 3. But he can use the config from the unit to get range 4. Yes. So, effectively, you go from uh, 4 black at range 4 to 5 black at range 4 with the... And he has... um, And he has compel. Yeah. 
And Compel's always handy. Compel is handy. Um, but yeah, I think either making them a little bit cheaper or making them... Be able to put in core units. Be able that, to put in core that units. That Trooper leader would be awesome in a core unit. Yeah. They, they need a boost. Like, I don't see the, the current characters that have come out as being overpointed or overpowered. I just see the basis of what they were looking at the original three yeah. and going, they need a boost. Just a, just a little bump. And it could be as simple as allowing them to... Allowing them to go into core. Because who wouldn't take a Biston in a unit of Rebel Troopers? Or Yeah, especially because he's not a leader. He's like Del Mico in that regard. Yeah, or even better, Rebel Vets with Biston. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because survivability there is issued order, get aim, add Mark Three gun to Biston, and then you've got an Ion 1. What's that? Impact 1, Ion 1, Critical 2. Im- Impact Thunder. 1, Ion 1, Critical 2. At range 3, you're throwing what? 4 black, 5. 5 black? You're throwing... Yeah, five black, uh, four white for the Mark III, Good. and then four white off Biston, Biston as well as because he's already put the black in. So what's that? That's uh, 13 dice? Yeah. That's that's with that's Critical 1, Impact 1, Critical 2, Impact 1, Ion 1. It's yep. piss off whatever unit that, that's tried yep. to attack it. And, well, you then need to spend another turn recovering, but... Out yeah, but you can that. just recover, shoot, recover, shoot, recover, shoot, recover, shoot. That's what they do. Yeah. That's the... Like, shoot order. Yeah. Dodge, recover, shoot. Yeah. Seems like a plan. Seems like the uh, the best way to use them. Yeah. And uh, the same with uh, the Death Trooper. Yeah. One. You throw, you throw him in a Storm Trooper or a Stone Trooper or uh, even a Storm Trooper. Um, probably wouldn't put him in a Shore because T221B is still amazing. Yeah, no, that's the hard. <laughs> no the hard one there is it, actually. Yeah, the the hard one there for the T twenty one B is it's so good, you don't yeah. want to replace it with like even you don't even yeah. really want to give it a Dell yeah. or Gideon unless you have to. Oh, yeah. So if you're running Dell, is about the only one that can probably replace it because Dell benefits from the Shore Troopers getting the aim when they're given a given an order and he needs that to activate his Yeah, but one. Gideon Haskell I had this game I had a game the other night where Gideon Haskell was in a, sh- a um sure was in a Shore unit and it's seven was it two mm. red and four black. Yeah but you throw the extra dude in and it's seven oh, yeah, seven dice that are less likely to miss. Yeah, that's a good point. And a, and a name. And a name. And a and cool. actually seven wounds. And if you throw an E-Web in as opposed to a mortar. mortar, you can issue the order to the E-Web because it's an emplacement trooper. Yep. And the E-Web can walk with you. Yeah, that's a good point. It can now. Oh, it's still cumbersome. It's just not plotting. So you move move up ahead and then the next turn aim shoot. Yeah. And then it but you can that. Yeah. Until it's dead. <laughs> I didn't think it was cumbersome. I thought it still had plotting. No, it lost plotting and still okay. was cumbersome. Either way, it's still good. Yeah, still it's still good. Still a good good unit, especially with LTA and and um, aggressive tactics in the list. Yeah, cumbersome. Very surges. Then you can throw the suppressive gun on it. Yeah. And then you can throw shitloads of dice downrange because yeah, that's definitely. that's the way to do it. 
I love that we've done, you know, a good 20-ish minutes of hobby talk. <laughs> we haven't even talked about what we're going to do this episode. <laughs> um, clearly what we did, we've started off, we, we've discussed, you know, where we're going with this podcast and I'm going to be a little out of topic because guess what? My podcast, I can do what I like. Um, um, we are always going to keep that hobby talk in for you guys. We are going to run down and do a not so much trash unit. We are going to keep that segment in for a while until we, we feel like it's run its course. But we are going to do a bit of a, a comparison over the four strike teams today because this uh, this recording was actually a little more impromptu than usual. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to talk about target priority, which is something that I've been trying to, or was trying to get a discussion around uh, on the podcast before it became mine. So one thing that we're going to do today. Strike teams. Yes. So, you believe BX strike teams, Courtney, are the worst of the four? Yes. Oh, specifically the BX sniper strike teams are the worst of the four. And the reason I believe that is the combination of AI dodge move and lethal one on the sniper, where they're at odds with each other for the actions. And at the moment, anyway, droids don't have a reliable way to generate aims outside of actions. Even though they can take electro binoculars on their B1s for free. Well, not, well, for, not free, for free, but outside of points on a yeah on a unit like that. Yeah, that that is an option. Imagine when you can take both of those cards because the uh, oh the portable scanner as well. Yeah, because oh. then you have effectively oh. it's activate quick think. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's the end of their activation and they do nothing else. And that, I think, is part of the problem with it, is you can't reliably give them an order to reliably get the aim because your chain is going to end somewhere. And if you have multiple snipers, which you want to have multiple snipers, you are not going to be able to give an order to all of them every turn, which means they're not going to have pierce every turn. Personally feeling Pierce is overrated, but it's great, but if you're relying on it. But that's the whole shtick of the snipers, is that? The whole shtick of the snipers is more the um, the cheaper. Outrange. Outrange and cheap activation. activation. Without that Pierce, you you are not killing as much. But that's good because, and I'll I'll preface it this way. Let's go back. A year and a half yeah. to when you'd first got me into Legion and snipers had just come out. Yes. Every list had three started points. with 140, what was it initially? Yeah, uh, 16 points plus 28. So yeah. it was 140-ish points. 120-ish points in snipers yep. before you built a list. Like yeah. stock standard, before I built a list... I would go, three snipers, add character. It's like before you even add HQ back then. Should the game be like that? No. 
So I, I get what you're saying there, but my point is that out of the four sniper options in faction that we're talking, we're not talking the special ones like Iden or Cassian or even Echo and Dell. We're just talking the strike teams. The the at odds for the actions um, just makes it so much harder to use compared to even the rebel snipers who can stand somewhere, aim shoot, or the scout snipers who can aim shoot and stand somewhere, but also have ready access to other rains through coordinated firepower, uh, Veers, Krennic with a with e binos. They just feel that at the moment, and of course, T series is coming. It might solve all of these problems for us. That the BX is just without that access to aims, they don't get the pierce, which means that they're so much less effective than the other three strike teams. Okay, as snipers. So let's let's split it out like this for a minute. I've separated all the cards now. So of the four strike teams, just the one man unit without anything else. Arcs are at the top. We we yes. don't need to discuss that we too don't. much. You know, there. No, we don't. It's one man unit, two courage. Like everything they have is the it's the atypical. It's alpha. It's perfect for being a strike team. Yes, as a sniper. And it's, and it's the alpha unit one. for yes. everything, you know, from the impervious all the way to the tactical. It yep. has all the bits you need. Yep, and the scout as well. <laughs> the scout too means you've got an aim before yes. even turn one. Yep. So it's there are a few things on there that I'm not a fan of, um, and by that I mean being a, being a clone player, I don't think token generation in turn zero, while it's amazing... I don't think it's needed as much because effectively you're gearing up the game to say I'm already improving things beyond the norm before the game's even started to be thought of. Mm -hmm. I just go, well, I don't even have to really... Because I was doing it in a game the other night. I was like, I don't even have to scout up when I scout. I start at the middle of my deployment zone, like in the direct middle, and scout backwards. (laughs) Yeah. So I have an aim. Put exactly where you want to be and scout by picking a millimeter away. Yep, scout a millimeter away, and I get an aim. Yeah, which I can then pass to the Z six squad standing right next to me. Yes, and that's the other thing that the arcs have got going for them is you can have one strike team move, move, get two aims, and then the next strike team. team. Goes, oh, you're standing next to me now? Cool, I have two aims. Yeah, I I'll can generate a third. Or you're not standing next to me, I can move up to you. Yeah. Now there's three aims, so I can guarantee that I'm going to get a shot through cover that's going to kill something. Yes. So, yes, I feel like the strike team that the Arcs got, it's the Alpha Predator. Yes. And at 52 points, it is a steal. In but <laughs> in the comparison of the other three, without looking at the snipers, or. The, all the grenades. Okay. The snipers, just all the grenades. So just the just the three units. Yeah. Because the upgrades are what you add to your army to make it work. Yeah. But I still feel the BX droids. If I could take a BX strike team without adding a heavy weapon to it, 
it would be very interesting. Yeah, but you have to add a heavy weapon. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is we know that the arcs are great and yes. they've only got one option. So we don't have to worry about them. Yeah. They're the apex predator. If you're looking at the other three, BX droids are still the secondary pole position there. Red defense dice, impervious, scout three, yes. scale. Yes. They have a drawback. You're right. They have a gaping drawback. They're also yeah. throwing two white dice off the bat. Oh, with the, yeah. With At range to one to three. With search to hit. Yes. So I'm not saying them as a core unit. Um, like the core of its, its unit is actually better than the Rebel Commando's strike team or the Scout Trooper strike team. Looking at all yes. four in front of me, I would actually say the rankings go Arc Trooper, BX, Scout Trooper, Rebel Commando. Yeah, that's where we differ. Is I, I think the Scout Strike Team, when it has a sniper in it, because that's the primary way you're using these Strike Teams, is I think the Scouts are better because in faction they have ready access to aims um, and ready access to support that makes them survivable. Like, they have low profile, which means that they're always going to have some form of cover, even against Sharpshooter 1. Yep. But they have no access to... Or they have no access to Surge at the moment. Well, they already Surge defense because they're white. No, but no physical com- like combat access to Surge. So there's no Surge to crit, no Surge to hit. There's no... You've literally got to roll and hope that you're yeah. getting... Which double yeah. black, it's and, not the worst. And, yeah, double black's not bad. But without... And I'm not, I'm not looking at... Because, as I said, we're doing a full comparison. Mm. So, we know that ARC Troopers get all of the tokens. Yes. Scout Troopers don't get that access. They get a lot of tokens. Because you've got they, Viz, you've got Binox, which you're going to throw anywhere. You could throw... I've seen people throw Stormtrooper squads with Binox. Yeah, right. Because you can throw What's in the it? character that gives them the slot for it. The second gear slot. Specialist, yeah. yeah. And then you just go, cool, Binox on that guy and something else. And you go, right, I'm going to throw an aim that way and do something else. Yeah, and still have a token for it if you need it. Exactly. Um, Scout troopers have all that access and are great. Yeah. I would say of the prequel, of the the Galactic Civil War factions, they are the better of the two. I actually feel... Partially due to being in faction... Yeah, they're able to gain access to so many aims. In in faction, they synergize better with the rest of their army. Yeah. The big drawbacks that you're saying with droid commandos are getting an order on them so that yes. they don't don't trigger that AI. That AI. Move. That's the massive drawback. But the issue that people have is that you're looking for that aim for peers. The yes. whole army you have can take binoculars, the whole army. Because everybody runs five. Yeah, as a minimum. Five B1s as a minimum, six as a max, yeah, if they're not swapping out a B2. Yeah. So how many points do you spend on a seventh body? Six. So for two points more, you can have binocs in every squad. Every squad. Yeah. The general matter around that at the moment, though, that I've seen is nobody's running the extra bodies. Or if they are, they're only running them in certain squads. They're not yeah. running them in every squad. I'm not saying that it's not a... Yeah, well, 36 points for six guys. Yeah. 
you have to take three of them. The other two are just add-ons because what else are you going to add into these armies? At the moment. At the moment, yes. But what I'm getting at is I could throw in Binox on a B1 squad. In fact, I could throw Binox and an HQ uplink on one squad because most people are only running two BX squads, right? Two BX strike teams. Yeah, that's probably about it at the moment. That's mainly due to the expense, expensive nature of... Of Grievous um, and Dooku and, and even the AAT. So, yeah. like, if you want to throw an AAT in the list as well, you got to sac- you got to cut costs somewhere. Um, yeah. Droids don't suffer from being hit with snipers as hard as any other army because, oh, fuck, I lost one model. Oh, no. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's five more in the list. <laughs> and then there's six of those squads. You can, you can pepper away one wound at a time all you want. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, you, you do it with the monocle. It's like, oh, oh. Um, yes, they they are uniquely uh, immune yeah. to sniper fire. Because they don't even get suppressed from it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they don't even... So they're, they're always going to get their two actions. Because they're courage too. So unless Grievous is running away, or well, Dooku is running away... Even if Dooku's running away, they're still going, meh, I don't have four on me, I don't care. Yeah. But that's what I get at. You can throw offensive push on them. Yep, so now Throw Binox and HQ Uplink on the B1 squad that's going to give one of them an order. Yeah. The the thing is now that we're talking, we've added... I'm just saying, if you're looking at... Now 52 points, which means you're two over an arc squad, and you're only quasi-like them with... With a better sniper rifle. Better, marginally better. It's double red. It's double red surge to hit, yes. But red-black, when you've got infinite aims and infinite surges, is not terrible either. Yeah. And it just... The downside of if you can't get an order on them, which, as you've said, you can suggest, you know, put a HQ uplink and a B1 squad to babysit them with binos... That's 36 plus 18. It's about 50 points. Yeah, it's about 50 points on my 50-point unit to be able to make them as effective as a scout unit. Well, you're saying it to make them as effective as an arc, or not an arc trooper, as a scout squad. As a scout overall. Well, probably closer to arcs. Yes. But let's not look at them like arcs, because arcs are in a league of their own. Being honest, arcs are... They they are the alpha predator. So That way, because... in in, in, that, re- in that regard, Arcs are the alpha predator because yeah. in the army they're in, it's an they're elitist perfect. army. Yeah. And, and they're the, the elite, best. The yeah. They're the best of the best of the best of the best. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. They are the alpha top dogs of yeah. the really well, good guys. Okay. What if I um, put it this way? What if I said you had to babysit every scout uh, trooper squad, every... Yeah, with well, you, a 50-point Imperial officer. You do. You effectively stick Veers behind your three scout squads at the moment. He's 80 points. Yeah. You throw on... Ben- other things. Yeah, but you throw on... But what if I said you had to spend that 50 points on every... I'd be fine with that. Team. So now you're not only taking up three core slots. But you can't take three, so... You can take three BXs. No, no, but you can't take three stock officers. Okay. So two so fears and, and an officer to babysit your scout trip, uh, scout snipers 
to make them as effective as another faction's uh, sniper squad. So you have to spend 80, no, 100, 100 odd points of your already limited 100, resources. 140 points. Yeah, of your already limited resources to make them work. Well, they, they work fine now. What people are getting at it, what people are complaining about is, and I can see it while I'm looking at the cards, I'm saying the initial card itself, like the... The unit card is great. The unit card is great. <laughs> when you look at the sniper, the physical 30-point sniper card, it's missing a keyword. Just off the bat. I can tell you it's missing a keyword. Now, which keyword would that be? Critical. Critical one. Mm. High velocity is too good of a card to have. Yeah, that's a good point. High that's velocity really is too good, good of a car power to have on the snipers. I actually think the way that the ARC Trooper Sniper is built with Immune Deflect, Lethal 1, Critical 1, which means you have to figure out what you're spending your aims on, yeah. is better than... Because it means you have to think. It's better than I have high velocity and pierce straight off the bat and infinite range because the initial yeah. snipers have infinite range. Yeah. I get what you're saying there. And, yeah, maybe lethal, maybe critical one is the way to get around that. But with double red search to hit, you're not missing that as much. As much as the pierce. Now, if you said it's not going to have critical one, it's not going to have lethal one. You get pierce one instead. I go, okay, probably needs a point bump there, even at 50 points. Well, they're 30 point stock, so yeah. Yeah, so plus the strike thing. Yeah. You'd probably go, wow, that's probably a little bit under-costed if yes. you made that pierce straight out. Yeah. So and the downside becomes less, almost non-existent. So I get why it is, but it just feels like it's missing something at the moment. Yep. Yeah. I, I Don't get me wrong. I feel like it's missing something. I just look at it and go, it's still in a class of its own in comparison to the scout troopers or the rebel commandos. Yeah. actually feel, based on army synergy, that the BX series outclasses scouts and commandos so much that the commandos are now the worst based on their faction. Yeah, I could say that as well. Even though they have Scout 2, Sharpshooter 1, Low Profile, yeah. Heavy Weapons Team, yeah, they're well, all Heavy Weapons Teams. Heavy weapons teams. Uh, and even though their sniper is high velocity and pierce without any upgrades, yeah, I just look at the Rebel snipers and go, it's a soft, squishy target that I'm going to target with my BX droids. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't 100%. even need aims. Yeah, because you, you're not worried about piercing a, a white... White defense White dice. dice with surge. No. It's, you're going to get through most of the time anyway. Yes. Even though they have a yeah. five up save effectively because the strike teams for rebels and scouts both surge to defense. Yeah. No, I get that. And also in that faction, they lack access to additional aims. Yes. Um, which is where the arcs and the scouts really outshine, in my opinion, the other two. That's not saying the chassis of the BX is being the card. Well, that's the good. that's the reason why I'd put BXs above scouts because the chassis in which they're on is so much like impervious and red dice, so much better than low profile white dice. Oh yeah, the fact that if a hit gets through, because sharpshooter is pretty prevalent. Yes, because you apply sharpshooter after dodge and cover. Well. It's applied at the dodge and cover stage. Yeah, it reduces the, the cover. Yeah, low profile kicks in. 
then sharpshooter one. Yeah. So if you're already behind cover, your low profile doesn't go, I get cover three, it goes, yeah, you're still at, I'm still at cover two. And then reduced anyway. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's basically a redundancy there. Yeah, it's it's a way it's, to... It's a way to say that they always... that should just read, low, low profile should, should just read, <laughs> always have heavy cover. When in cover, it's always heavy. Well, that's effectively what it is, because if you have some form of cover, it's improved. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, they should just put it as always have heavy cover, because even then... It effectively reads the same. Yeah. Yeah, but you get it, you have cover when you've got a suppression on you. You have heavy cover. You have yeah. cover when you've got, like, it should just read it, just you always have heavy yeah, cover. That's that's what another downside we haven't mentioned about the BX is there. No low profile? Oh, well, they don't get cover from suppression. No. Uh, no, that is... Unlike everyone else. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, look that, that is the biggest... thing somewhere anyway. It's not a huge deal. When have you ever seen a, a, a strike team sort of run out? Except the Ox. <laughs> I've seen it with there. BXs. I've seen it with Sabs as well. Oh, Sabs are a, a whole different story there. Yeah. Because, I mean, even when you look at the Sab cards, Arc Troopers, because they don't get it, still revert back to needing the Sniper. So they're still yeah. going to be the Alpha Predator. Yeah. But when you look at Sabs, BXs then go to the top of the pole. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because they are the that. Best sabs then. That. What is it? You, you Black, downside. double, white. Surge yeah. to hit. Yep. Blast, Blast poison, poison, one. So, yeah. fuck your cover. Yeah. And if every I get a hit, wound, every it, hit goes through, and every wound that actually happens, will give you wound. one pit. Will give you one more wound at the end of your next activation. Yes, it which is good. I can't remember if you can mitigate that. And I played a game where I where we we read it, and we couldn't figure out whether you could mitigate that with fire support, because effectively you count as activating. Hmm. But it's that specifically on poison says at the end of your activation. I would say, yeah, if you kept fire supporting, you would never take the wound because you never go through that stage yeah. of the of the activation. Because that was one thing I did to an opponent where I'm like, he's like, oh, I did one wound, so my Z6 phase two squad. Just fire supported. Just fire else. supported for the rest of the game. I'm like, well, I'm at range three of your whole army, so this squad walks up and fire support. He's like, that's a lot of dice. I'm like, yeah, I don't lose the wound. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah. No, they... And- the other side of that is their downside of AI dodge move becomes becomes less of a downside because you want to move. You or want you might want the dodge. Them. Yeah, you're definitely going to want the dodge if you're up there. Well, the best part the about that is if you've amazing. already thrown the if you if you last first with the BX droids, move in, move in, or move in arm. Yeah. Oh look, I have to move. Detonate. It's free action off a free move. Well, it's not a free move. But well, you know what I mean. It's, it's a, a free action yeah. off the move action yeah. that I well, have to take. Scenario, I think it's any action, isn't it? It's any detonate. action, but I'm getting... So you go, last dodge, last. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to detonate. Yeah, but why <laughs> would you detonate on yourself? Because well, if you, you moved into life. range to throw it in the last turn, yeah. you move in for the last and action. And then you move out. Yeah, and then you walk backwards. And detonate. Yeah, it's a good point. Which means you're getting to hit your opponent twice in that turn, because you hit yeah. them with the mine that you shot, and then you shoot them. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got another unit to, to detonate with. Yeah. No. Because your first one. move is walk. Yeah. Detonate is a free action. And then your second action yeah. is to shoot. So you go uh, yeah, yeah. bomb into the unit. Yeah. And then you throw yeah. an additional four white. So, oh, look, I'm going to give you two suppression plus what's that? Six white and a black into that squad. 
Yeah, this turn. Two attacks as well. Yes, it's two attacks this turn. Mm. There are ways to get around. Oh, the the sab- the dark smite saboteur is hands down the best because that chassis is survivable enough to get the saboteur get the mine saboteur to the enemy, whereas the scouts and the commandos their white dice save is just not good enough. No, they it's trash. Get, they get taken out well before they get there without some serious shenanigans. Yeah, well, I mean, the big fix to, to get Sabs up there was Eastims for the longest time. Yeah. Everyone was running Eastim, Scout Trooper, Saboteur Squad, until it became, what, uh, 12, 12 points, points? For the Eastims? Yes. And the... And the 20. Base team went to 20 points. Yeah, so instead of it being 16, 26, and 8, it went 20, 26, and 12. Yes. So it became just too expensive to run it. But Being said... <laughs> BXs. <laughs> don't, have that, don't have that mitigating factor of needing that extra set of wounds. Yes, because between Scale, Scout 3, and their Red Dice Impervious, that, and potentially access to... Uh, search tokens through aggressive tactics, for example. Yep. They can survive to get there. Not only that, their first one of their AIs is dodge. Yeah. So, oh, look, I'm not going to make it anywhere near where I need to this turn. Dodge move. Yeah, 100%. Move dodge. Move arm, which is the plan. Yeah, move arm when you get into range. Yeah. Detonate as soon as someone does anything anywhere on the board. Mm-hmm. Because you're not worried about, even if you take a wound on them from their own mind, you're not worried about poison. No. No, no. But, yeah, looking at the uh, the four strike teams, I still think with access to all of the bits and pieces that they've got, like off the, what is this, four, eight, 11 cards, I still think BX droids make it into the secondary pole position because... Because of that mine. Because of... No, not just that. The chassis and... I don't feel like their, their strike team was built to be a sniper. Yeah, I think it was in there because everyone else had a sniper. Yes, I think it's the... Everyone else got a sniper so they can have a sniper. Which I think is stupid because... Well, it is the upgrade, canon, but... The yeah. upgrade... It is canon. But the upgrade pack for B1s came with the critical one sniper. Yeah, that's, it is only range four. But that's probably because it said B1 unit and they didn't want to have range 5 B1s. Yeah, you don't want to give every... Yeah, but you also don't want to have... Then then it's a gun line game. It goes back to a gun line game like it was when it was just Imperials versus Rebels. And it's whose gun line is better. Yeah. And the answer was always hands down Imperials. Yeah, because red dice plus range 4 yes. at that point. Well, droids don't have that issue because they have a billion bodies. Yes. And range three. Yeah, they're going to get there. And they, yeah, that's a whole different conversation there. Yeah, but the BX droids for me, the Sabs and the Sniper, they feel like they can move and shoot and you're not really trying to get the pierce with them. You're trying to just move and shoot and apply suppression because, as you said, look at a cannon reflection here. They bounce. They're just continuously bouncing off walls, barricades, buildings. Yeah. Doing some... They're springy. Yeah. They don't really stand still. They're always moving. Yeah. So. Well, even, even the one cannon appearance of their sniper, 
they when they they shot Rex, they wounded him. They took him out of the fight, but they didn't, didn't kill, kill him. him. <laughs> no, they were really good at hitting him. Yeah, they hit him perfectly. It just didn't actually stick. Yeah, part of that was his armor, and part of that was you know, we'll yeah, just call it. Part of that was the uh, the sniper and plot armor. Yes, and plot <laughs> and plot armor because Rex. But yes, the the whole idea there is that. Looking at them, yes, their sniper is the weakest of the... Even though it's got the best dice. Mm. I would say it's the weakest of the snipers. So while being the weakest of the snipers, it is the strongest of the three remaining units. Yeah, definitely, because because of that. The keywords it has, because of the... The Dioxus Mind Saboteur, it definitely is strong in that regard. It's just their sniper rifle... While being the most consistent in a vacuum because of the double red, it's not going to output the same damage as Scouts or even the Rebel one. Uh, I mean, it'll output uh, the same thing. damage, but it won't output the same amount of wounds. Yes. So you, you are going to be yeah. taking saves. That's the, yeah. you know, the, 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 worst, the best saves are ones that don't have to be well, rolled. You, so, you're not because it doesn't have high velocity. So you got that dodge token, you lose one for cover, one for a dodge token, and it goes, ah, sweet, don't have to take a save. You know what it's really good against? Jedi. Double red immune deflect. Yeah, you're going to force a dodge dodge spend on a, on a small dice pool, or they're going to have to risk taking one a One to two wounds, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anything not... not um, anything without dodge tokens... Is definitely going to be wary of taking saves against them, no matter what they roll. Yeah, and I mean, it has lethal, but lethal I feel is also a bit of a trap. Being honest, I've probably used lethal half a dozen times over ten games. Really, that with the arc troopers, with the strike team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. Lethal is really good when you know you're going to push damage through. But with the strike team for the arc troopers, being as they've got a red-black, and you want to get those crits through. Because crits you can't block anyway. You can't really... can't dodge them. Yeah, without spending points to do so. Yeah. Being prepared for it. Being prepared for it. Um, you'd only really use the lethal keyword if you're going to push damage through. So, like, one of the instances was I moved, so I got my aim. I saw both of my opponent's scout squad, their snipers. We knew we were in range because last turn we'd shot each other and I threw two dice down range and went, all right, cool, you've got... I've rolled a crit and a surge. Perfect. And in that instance, it's I hit both. I want to make sure they're both dead. So that's where I roll, you know... I roll a... Um, I use my lethal there. Yeah. But the next turn, I'm shooting into, say... Beers in heavy cover. Do I want to try putting damage through, or do I want to try putting? Oh, wait, no. But yeah, I don't think when you compare all four of them, I actually don't think the BX droids are trash. I just think their current, what they're lacking, the, the, the current idea that they're lacking something, gets fixed the second they get a tactical droid. They can synergize better within their army. Yeah, hundred percent. While that actually makes me feel like the Rebel Commandos, while still being great because they're a strike team, 
in the look of a trash unit moment are trash because the photon charge has impact one search to crit which is you know better than search to hit definitely blast as well blast as well well they all have blast they're a bomb yeah but it's the scout trooper has suppressive yep which is more likely where you're going to be using the the grenades yep. the bx droids being by far the best has the dioxus yes definitely so it's it's got poison the chassis that the rebel commando's on is shit yeah even though it surges to defense and surges to hit yeah the the sniper is by far the worst being black white so it has the least consistent dice pool and even it's, even it's minus um less consistent yeah. than the scout one because it's red, white, white compared to red, black. So, yeah, sure, your ceiling's higher, but your floor is lower. Floor is lower not yeah. equal. Well, red, black is more likely it's one and a half, while one and a half hits consistently. Yeah. While it's slightly lower even with the double whites because they're a third eight. Yeah, even with search to crit. So, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. But when you look at it, I would say the quote-unquote trash unit would be the rebel commandos even looking at all four of these the bx series is not a trash unit it, for a no. strike team it's i'm happy to take it over a fate over a b1 squad but you, you definitely would be it's just trying to get i suppose trying to get the same output from it as you would a scout unit a scout strike team or a yeah or coming arc you can't even compare it to an arc coming at it from a different faction idea if the, the issue is getting it in order one of the big ones is you daisy chaining. There's two, so you, and everyone throws two HQ uplinks in their list. Generally, generally, my, my current list only has one, but doesn't have BX, isn't it? Yes. At the moment. So one of your orders, preferably from the chain, needs to end up on a BX, yep. and the other order needs to end up on a BX. So if you go chain down one list, chain chain down one, then have the BX at s- the end. Yeah. Yep. And then you use the second HQ uplink to... Chain the other way. Yeah, Yeah. into the BX. Then you're getting all the orders you need anyway. Yeah, generally. Yeah. And it's not every turn you need to use those HQ uplinks anyway because it's on your assault turn or your three-pip turn. It's realistically the one turn, the one-pip. Yeah. One or... Yeah, the two one-pip turns. Yeah, because on your two-pip turn you go... Two. One into order into this one, one yeah. order into the other B1 unit, and then I've got everyone again, and the only unit guy that doesn't get an order is Grievous. Who doesn't need it. Or Dooku, who doesn't need it. Yeah, because they're in the pool on their own. Yes. Yeah. Um, apart from that, yeah, I would say the only real trash unit that I've seen for droids, and it's quote-unquote trash, is Cad Bane, because he's a trap. Yeah. I think at the moment it's really hard to get Cad Bane in with one of the commanders because they're so expensive to begin with. To use Grievous effectively, you probably want him up and around that 200-point mark. Yeah, yeah. Dooku clocks in at 205 to begin with before you start giving him upgrades. Yeah. So, yeah. another one that wants things. So, by the time you've done that, add it in your B1 chain, maybe you've got a, a heavy hitter and you're, like, you're trying to squeeze 100 points for Cad Bane. That, yeah. I think, is, a, is where it becomes a trap. But once again, once the T-Series comes out and you can run T-Series and Cad Bane for the cost of Grievous, all of a sudden that looks that list looks way more interesting. Yeah, so looking at it that way, you'd go the T-Series fixes droids. 
at the moment, yeah. But to sum that all up, effectively what we've said is the BX droids are not as crap as we thought. Like, they're not the trash unit that every, that people are saying. They're just, in comparison to ARCs, not as good as ARCs. But, you know, I, no. I, I, I don't think there is a unit out there that is as good as ARCs right now. No, I don't think so. OP Luke? Maybe? I don't know, we'll have to have a game of ARCs versus OP Luke, see, see who comes out ahead. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can, we can definitely <laughs> tee that up. screen you could and it broke my heart now moving into that we'll do a quick segment on this one target priority now i had a weird discussion with somebody i've been teaching to play legion which is what brought me to this yeah and he's in the army and we talked about target priority and his discussion with me was target priority is always the thing that gives you the most pain followed by the thing that gives them the most pleasure. And there's apparently a 40K document on this. And what he was getting at, and in the document, it's written like this. The things that are going to give you the most pain are what you take first. So, arcs. Extract tanks. (laughs) Or saber tanks. Or something that's going to anchor an army, provide a lot of damage, take a lot of hits, have a high threat ratio. Yeah, Grievous, Dooku, Vader, Luke. Yeah, any, any Jedi... Most close combat characters. Yeah. Um, you know. Probably put Clan Ren in there now. Clan Ren in, maybe. Depending on how they're outfitted, of course. Depending on how they're outfitted and how many times you see them on the table. Tauntauns. Yep. These are all high on the priority list. I'm not going to delve, we're not going to delve too deeply into the, the list itself because as a gamer you who plays Legion, you'll get into that and you'll start going, I'm going to... Pick the things that cause the most pain to me. You're going to know after you've played a few games what the most dangerous units exactly. in each faction are. And when you need to shoot is the next part. Like, the main the main focus is what, then when, in that instance. And the when is always, um, how much damage can I do or mitigate? So it's, how much damage can I stop hitting me by hitting them first? Or, if they're going to hit me first, is it worth hitting them? Or worth prioritizing something else. And that that really comes with experience, I've noticed. Um, A big one for me was a B1 squad that's already activated, unless it's in the middle of the chain, is not worth being shot over a B1 squad that hasn't activated. Or, you know, phase ones and two clone squads that you shoot at. Um, If you've got the choice between a one and a two, you're generally going to take the two because the point's worth more. Yep. And they're less likely to have many face ones on the table, being honest. But they're they're more likely to have. I don't know. For me, I've seen you know if you're going to see a phase one or a phase two, if you can get rid of that reliable, that's an extra token off the table every turn. That's just gone. If you can get rid yeah, of that that's whole squad against clones. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing was then you target what they love, and that was the part that got me. And I, I was like, I have to have a discussion on this. And what he was getting at was there is always. Some people always have a centerpiece unit, and it might not always be the character, but it's something that they've put a lot of time and effort into. And it sounds a bit dickish. Uh, And I will preface it and go, it sounds super dickish to think this. But if you look at the table and your opponent has put hours of love into a rebel trooper squad. And they're bringing it 
And they're bringing it and they put it on the table. Because they love it. And it looks, and you can tell that it looks better than the rest. Yeah. Or it might be their first model they painted or something. Yeah. Might not be the best looking. If you remove that from the table, you've caused the morale problem for the player. Now, I'm not saying that that's tactically sound. It is a discussion. I I looked at it and I was like, I get where you're coming from, mate, but fuck. That is a (laughs) dark and dangerous road to go down. And it was it was a real good discussion because it was one of those like it's a really pretty model. It needs to die because you put a lot of effort into it. It's gonna tilt you. It's it, yeah. <laughs> You're it, aiming for it. You're aiming was, to tilt your opponent now. Instead. Aiming to tilt their opponent as opposed to just aiming to win by better play. And I was like, I suppose if you know you're coming from a position of disadvantage on either experience or say, you know, played in Vader League last season, didn't make the didn't make it to single limbs, but if I'd made it to single limbs and then looked at my first round and it was Luke Cook, and I'm going, um, Mr. Yeah, okay. Mr. I really Boy. wish I was playing on a real table right now when you had like your pouts on the table that you love so much, for example. I'm going to kill him. Not only is it tactically sound in that regard, but. Uh, I mean, if you, if you <laughs> kill Luke Cook's pouts, regardless of whether it was on TTS or not, you could be like, okay, I've done I, well. I, I, did, I did well. <laughs> But, you know, okay, Mr. Mr. World's Champ uh, undefeated because there hasn't been another world since uh, Playtester. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> We've got to give him that. Um, but, yeah, looking at it from the standpoint that I was, that the guy had come to me at was, yeah, tilt your opponent. I went, how, how does this become a thing? <laughs> like, do we look at these games and go, I want to make my opponent submit because I've destroyed their beautifully painted unit. And I mean, imagine if you spent 28 hours painting your your Imperial Special Forces unit. And 28 hours. And I've known people that do spend that much time painting that few amount of models. Yeah. And there's, you know, there is perfect flow in the clothing. The armor has perfect edging shine, yeah. and shine. You know, if they've put that much effort in, and the rest of their army looks good, but nowhere near as pristine. Yeah. Would you... It's eye-catching, so I can see the your brain instantaneously goes, I need to get rid of it. But would you fight to do that? I would say no. I think if you're aiming to tilt your opponent and it doesn't work, you've lost the game. So or let's over- go back to the example of the Rebel Trooper unit. Let's say that you prioritise killing that beautiful Rebel Trooper unit ahead of taking shots at Luke or taking shots at a unit of Tauntauns that are about to smash into your lines. You've gone, I'm going to try and tilt you, and he goes, yeah, I want you to kill that unit because you're not killing my Tauntauns. I want to win the game. I don't care if my pretty Rebel Troopers sit on the side looking pretty or if they're on the table looking pretty. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is... A good player is going to not be tilted by that sort of thing. They're going to go, nah, I'm, I'm fine with them just sitting over there where everyone else can see them. Hmm. So I, I can get the logic behind it, but I think destroying what gives them the most pleasure should be actually what will win you the you, game. What will win you the game. So that hostage unit or that unit that's closest to the bomb car or that unit that's about to sabotage the VAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those sort of things would be a higher priority than, oh, look, let's kill the pretty model. Mm, nothing wrong with killing the pretty model. Yeah. 
I mean, nine times out of ten, that pretty model is probably going to be a Luke Skywalker or a Darth Vader yeah. or a Ouch. Sabine or a. It's going to be something. Yeah. More powerful than your bog stog, your bog stog, your bog standard, um, <laughs> your bog standard units. They're, yes. It's just you're going to put more effort into it. Oh, 100 percent. I'm I'm super excited to see what our uh, our community here in Sydney does with the Clan Ren boxes, for example. They're going to be high on the target priority list no matter what at this point. Yeah, it's the speed. It's the speed three jump. And speed like three jump, two range, two guns. Yes. With the potential to have those rockets as well. Yeah, and the best CAD duelist just yeah, making them move. In LA. Like, there's a lot there you're going. Or, you know, they're going to have Dauntless or Long or, um, like, the two named characters that could slot in as well to make them a bit more ranged centric. With Dauntless and Longshot on Ursa, or I think Lethal Immune Deflect on at range three on Sabine's brother. Yeah, on, the, on the brother. I can't remember yeah. his name either. I I did this last week or last fortnight. <laughs> I dropped the episode, you know, a couple of days ago now. Yeah. Like, but it's um, yeah, no, Clan Ren is going to be amazing. Mm. Um, I'm actually trying to work up a Rebel list with two Clan Ren, three Tontons. Luke Sabine. No snipers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so nice. So nice. <laughs> I think I can barely squeeze it in. Fair enough. That'd be interesting. But the, in that list, if we're talking about type of priority, um, what did your opponent shoot first? The Clan Rams? The Tauntons? The, the Luke, Luke? Or Sabine? It's like... <laughs> the Rebel Troopers <laughs> is actually the answer. <laughs> the Rebel Troopers are not the answer in that regard. Are you sure? They're the ones that can do the objectives. Everything can do an objective except Tonto. Yes, but everything else is trying to kill your army. Yes. Get what you're saying there. If my army is dead, it cannot do objectives either. Yes. However, being stuck in melee with a Sabine or a... Uh... Shame. <laughs> Shame, lizard. <laughs> and for those people getting the fucking blooper reel, my son's been running in and out of his bedroom today with the shits. <laughs> You've seen a six-year-old trying to do that while you're trying to record. It's fucking mental. <laughs> but, yeah, the target priority in that list, as you were getting at, was mm. if your army's dead, it can't do anything. Yes, and if I'm stuck in melee with a Sabine or a Luke or a Tauntaun, I'm either on the verge of dying or I am going to have serious problems dealing with anything else. Yes. On the downside, that's an eight activation at best. Yeah, list. with some super expensive units, but we've seen from specifically droids and, and clones that it's not all about getting to 12 activations or or anywhere near that and still being effective. So there's definitely space for a list like that to work. Yes. Yeah, there is. Especially noting the amount of red dice save you've got in there, slash mm. tauntauns with agile. But it's also the, the lack of upgrades. So to get it in, just so you know... What are you leaving at home? Well, first off, I imagine you're running Commander Luke. So you have to run your, Commander Luke. There's your first downside. Um, I would anyway. say reflexes. That would be about it, wouldn't it? Just reflexes? Yeah. You, you're not going to fit much more in on him. No. So you, it's, it's... Sabine's probably not taking the Darksaber here. Yes, she is. So it was okay. Luke Skywalker, Sabine Ren with the Darksaber, three Rebel Troopers, two Mandalorian Resistance with one Beskad Duelist. Oh, okay. And two Tontons. So what's that? Still not bad. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine activations mm. tops. 
Yeah. And those Rebel Troopers are naked, so they're four wounds, but they're just going to be hiding objective runners anyway. Yeah. Late late game objective run. Yeah. Stand at the stand at the rear. I think that that kind of a list works thematically for, you know, some table legion. I don't mm. think it's ever going to be competitive because mm. you can focus fire down. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Yeah. And even if Luke and Sabine hit your lines and kill most of your shit, Clan Ren, like the, the trade-off there is mm. I could probably squeeze out, you know, Clan Ren, or sorry, both the Mandalorian units and the Tontons before Luke gets in. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... It's going to be difficult for a lot of us to deal with that are sort of... Do I drop the Tontons in that list? Like one of them for upgrades everywhere. Like, no, I just like go... upgrading the Duelist to Ursa and then putting Tristan in the but other Why one. would you upgrade the Duelist to Ursa? Because the Duelists are great. Mm. Like, I'm not sure. It depends on how you want to run them, I guess, because yeah. if you're wanting them to get into melee, then yeah, sure, Duelist. But if you're wanting them to be fast-moving objective, adding fire somewhere, I well, think let's Tristan say... and Ursa would be a little bit better. So what does the best cat Duelist give them? Two red in melee. And while the duelist ability, which is spend if you spend a dodge, you gain a new pierce, and if you spend an aim for its normal ability, by the way, you gain pierce one. Mm-hmm. In melee only. Yep. Oh yeah. Right, Ursula gives them Dauntless and a decent weapon if it doesn't range one to two. Dauntless is always if you're suppressed you can still move. Yeah, by adding expression. Sort of like the reverse of Compel. Yes. Pretty good for them. Mm. They ask it fast. They are fast. Mm. She's good at getting them out of combat or out of trouble. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the middle of. Yeah. I'm suppressed, so I've got two suppression on me. I'm stuck in the middle of your lines. And I need to move. And now. I need to move either further in, so that you have to prioritize killing me, or I have to move further out. Yeah, to so be out of range to recover what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And said, that makes them very high on the target priority for a lot of armies. But yeah, no, the target priority idea was more, when it was given to me, it was just this issue of, it's a great idea, and in 40k I get it. Because yeah. even a tactical squad can win you the game. Yeah, in saying that, also, a naked Rebel Trooper squad can win you the game in this game, even more so than in 40k because um, of the objective system. I would say it's less likely to win this. A, a naked, naked Rebel Trooper squad is less likely to win you the game than a tactical squad in 40k. It's got the same amount of chance, but it's less models. Yes. Worse save. Like, on par. Yeah, if you convert the... Yeah, if, the you, if you convert yeah. the D6 yeah, across, it's effectively a 5-up. Yeah. Um, it's a four-man Rebel Trooper squad with no extra guns, has the ability to win you the game, but it is really easily... Really, <laughs> it's really easily picked off. Yes. Well, I think that then goes into a discussion of the mechanics, the difference of game mechanics between Legion and 40K. Yeah, it does. It does that tactical squad has to hang out there completely for a turn, whereas your four-man rebel squad or equivalent does not due to the ultimating activations that you have in Legion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 
I think it's a game game mechanic difference rather than yeah chance difference. Yeah, Legion is much more like chess in which it's a reaction. It's piece move then piece move then piece move yeah. like you do in chess, where yeah. it's you can be reactory, reactory, reactive, reactive. Ah, oh, yes. fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> you can be reactive in Legion. Yes, more so than 40k. Oh yeah, because you you spend the whole game going your move, my move, your move, my move. Does my move affect your move? Or is my yeah, is my move going to change your thinking? Yes. Which was way back in season one, Luke did a whole episode on the OODA loop. Yeah. Does my turn and everything I do in my turn affect how you play your turn? If it does, then I'm inside your loop and I can bounce off that. Yeah, affect it. Yeah. Rebel troopers are less likely to be game winners unless it's luck because of how squishy they are. Yeah. If you were to say to me, oh, four-man Imperial uh, Stormtrooper squad or a four-man Phase 1 squad, you know, like if you were to say to me a four-man Stormtrooper squad or a four-man Phase 1 squad were going to win you the game, I'd get it. They've got a higher armor value. Their damage output when they shoot is, say, 50%. The the Phase 1's the same as, well, you'd actually say slightly better because they have access to... To other people's um, aims, other people's aims and other people's surge tokens. Yes, surge tokens. and the stormtroopers, although they shoot shitty white dice, when they aim, which you want them to, they're picking up three out of four. Yeah, so it's they've got better ways to shoot. They last longer in a firefight. They're range three to three, toe to toe. It's one of those like even money moments for them. Yes. While rebel troopers are just soft. Yes. The the difference there is in both of those other factions, a naked Stormtrooper squad or a naked Phase 1 squad, oh, I'll take that back, a naked Stormtrooper squad, on average, is not going to get taken because in a lot of those lists, the, especially Imperial ones, the core are where your firepower is. Yes. You're taking a naked Stormtrooper squad, for example, that's 44 points in a core slot that is wasted. 48 points in a course slot. Mm. Back capping objective grabber. There's other things that can do that. Imperialists that do it cheaper and better, like mortis. For one less wound, yeah, but you've plus got one a... courage, so you don't need to babysit it. For a mortar, but you have to take a short trooper unit to, to, yeah. to butt up against it. But, so if you're not yeah. taking shores. If you're not taking shores, then yeah, sure, if you want to tie one hand behind your back. <laughs> you might be wanting to go for theme. I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. actually going, look, there's definitely a case, there's more of a case for a naked Stormtrooper squad winning you a game compared to a naked Rebel Trooper squad. However, yeah. way more naked Rebel Trooper squads are getting taken than naked Stormtrooper squads. Yes. Because Rebels need to take three core. That's the cheapest way for them to do it at the moment. Yeah. Something might change. Even, even if and they want to pour points into other areas like support characters, which is the rebel thing. Yeah. Like, that's their thing. They like characters. They play well with characters. That's where they put their points in, which makes them the ones who want to prioritise the target, not the naked troopers. Yeah, I get it. There's... But it was just the discussion was more... There's occasionally a moment where you might see a unit and tilt. Yeah, Definitely. 
if for example that naked stormtrooper squad needed to make four needed to make one save out of four to survive and then we knew the game and they just blank out yeah <laughs> yeah well again and that that idea of target priority comes down to what needs to what's going to give you the most grief and then yeah. what your what gives your opponent the most love mm. so and that could also just be you can expand that definition out to include things that are well, grief is, is it yeah. playing the objective better than you as yeah. much as is it giving you as much damage, which is mm. what I find funny because I was like, when the, the, the document, because it's 40K, is written like, what's going to hurt you the most? And I'm like, well, if you apply that logic to Legion, anything that is doing the objective better than you hurts yeah. you more yeah. than things killing your models. Yeah, 100%. Because and this is, this is the thing that's one of the last couple games against you when you're playing your clones against my AAT list is the thing that's giving you grief is not my AAT. It's the rest of my army. Actually, no, the thing that normally gives me the most grief is Grievous. <laughs> yeah, and I usually hide him so you can't shoot him yes. as early as possible. But as soon as he pops out, he cops fire from everything that can see him, yep. as he should in that list. Yep. Yeah, I um, rarely shoot at B1s. It's always either... Yeah, but the B1s are the ones that are winning the game. Yes. The AAT just soaks your fire. And it does it really well against clones because clones like impact. Yeah, and without critical the, instead. Without the DC fifteen, they don't have critical, so it's yeah. You're running phase twos with third sixes, yeah. yeah, and arc troopers who only have critical one. Yeah, so and even if you get ATRTs, I'm still gonna be like, okay, cool. Let's search the hit, not crit. It's a massive difference against armor. Yeah, but they also have critical one on the rocket launcher, and they have crit, which is stock. Yeah, and they have impact. One on the laser. Yeah, the RT laser cannon. Pack three with three dice. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just... thinking of putting them on my ATRTs when I play clones. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> if, if you're running ATRTs, you're going to be throwing. Look, I yeah, think. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> off topic there. <laughs> yeah, that's off topic. But, yeah, and same as like critical versus impact. It's off topic. But it's like the idea of target priority is always not the biggest thing in the army, but the thing that's going to give you the most grief. Yeah. Sometimes that's the AAT, sometimes it's Grievous, sometimes it's that back-capping B1 squad. Yep. Or that that B1 squad with three men left that if you kill, you win the game because we're drawn on objectives, and if you don't kill, I keep those those points. Yeah. Well, there was a game I played the other night, again, against the same army dude. It was Sabotage the Vaps, and it came down to two cleared Vaps, one each, yep. one on one wound either way. Okay. So to bring it back to a draw, and it was a bloody fight, um, I shot. He had Dooku Cad Bane. Oof. Two BX snipers strike teams and mm-hmm. a BX Darxus squad. Okay. Uh, and six B1s. And I shot Dooku... No, I shot Cad Bane off turn one. Yep. Before he'd activated. First shot of the game, Cad Bane was wiped off. Oh, jeez. I shot Dooku off the table turn three. Ooh. That's Before good. he could charge anybody. Yeah, right. That is good target priority there. Yes. The BXs had died in between, mm-hmm. and it had come down to, I think there was, he won the game purely because I couldn't punch a B1 to death with five wounds, uh, five hits, because right. I rolled in and I rolled one wound, uh, one hit through. 
Oh, no. And he rolled one block. <laughs> one dice. So, ah, pure luck. Yeah. So well, I should have. And then at the end of the game, we had the discussion of I got greedy at the end of the game because mm. I had four units that could put wounds back on that objective and physically give me the game if yeah. I knocked that one model off it. Yeah. But because I ran in with the biggest squad and tried to punch him to death. Instead of standing one millimeter, one millimeter away from him and shooting him. Yeah. I surrounded the objective and therefore, and when I didn't kill him, yeah, didn't open up that gap. Yeah. To be able to get a someone else in. Yeah. To press the button. So yeah, we all make mistakes and it was 11.30 at night when I had finished that game. <laughs> On a Tuesday night. Because that's how we play now. <laughs> I have spoken. But yeah, I think that'll about wrap it up for today. While we try and get into all the new segmenty stuff. While I'm trying to recover, as it were. As I said, going forward, a bit of a recap. We will be having two new media systems come out of We Are Legion. One of which being We Are Legion Off-Duty. For all of your, probably, Marvel Crisis Protocol needs for the moment. Until Armada Clone Wars drops. Yeah, least. then I have hundreds and hundreds of dollars of Armada <laughs> Clone Wars to buy. What's that? I need my <laughs> Venators. Venators to come out, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then the other one being Soldiers of Fortune, which will be those videos. And you should see some coming out in the next month. I am aiming to do one a month. Maybe one every two months, depending, but I would prefer one a month. And there won't always be battle reports. We are going to do, you know, I have seen some amazing droid armies, some amazing clone armies, some amazing Knights of the Old Republic armies. Uh, thank you, Darth Doug. <laughs> I, I may sit down and do some videos with that kind of stuff. But until next time, I'm your host, Support Officer Cooper, and with me today, as usual, Engineering Captain Courtney. See you next time, guys, and may all your roles be crits. If you like this podcast, please follow our Facebook page by searching We Are Legion Podcast and subscribe to the show via your favourite podcast platform. Voice over and post-production by General Kara Organa. <laughs>